wraps up everything with the NHL season just days away. We give you our final offseason episode as we preview the Central Division and discuss the St. Louis Blues season, giving you our best and worst outcomes for the team. Plus, Ian has some devastating news for the human race to share at the end of the episode, so make sure you stay tuned. And let's get started, and let's go Blues. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast, baby. It is Saturday, October 7th. Who knows when you'll be listening to this? Could be tonight, could be tomorrow morning, could be like Tuesday when I remember to post it. Who knows? It's a <laughs> it's a wild card. Uh anybody, anybody's guess when we next have this happen. Uh the blues website is back up, which means I can tell you. That the season is, what is it, four days away? It's back up, but it's moving slow. The regular <laughs> season starts on Friday, so it's six days. No, I can't. I can't. Thursday. The regular season us. starts on Thursday, so it's five days away when I'm saying this. But again, when you're hearing this, maybe it was two days ago. Who knows? Uh, Ian, how are you doing today? How's your Saturday treating you? I'm doing great. It is, uh, it is officially fall up here. It was like a nice, cool, like low 60s outside I'm like mm. oh it's it's crisp what i would call heaven and what these floridas would call too chilly it's like got to get my winter yes. coat out yeah it's 86 it's 86 here today yeah. i don't miss the winter coat but i definitely miss the like fall chill for yeah. sure at least you'll be up here for like some of the holidays though so you get like you yeah. get a touch of that touch of the thanksgiving touch <laughs> of the christmas exactly um we got a lot of we got a lot of we got a lot of stuff to talk about today because we've turned our sights to the Central Division, the new home of Connor Bedard, yay! Okay. Um, and the recently re-signed home of Ryan Hartman, who signed a three-year, twelve million dollar deal today. Um, so that's something, you know. Hey, that's, but, that's uh, an improvement. That guy really made a career for himself. You know, that was a guy that was on Chicago and then on like nine other teams before like landing on the wild and actually like being a productive NHL player. So good for him. Exactly. Would I rely on him though? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. True. Absolutely fair. Um, Let's jump into it. Then we go in alphabetical order, of course. Um, So let's start with the, Winnipeg Jets. No, I'm just kidding. That's Reverse. not how the alphabet works. You silly. Uh, Arizona Coyotes have added Logan Cooley, the former second overall pick, I think. Matt Dumba, mm-hmm. Sean Dursey, Alex Kerfoot, Jason Zucker, Troy Stetcher, and Travis Dermott in a desperate attempt to pretend that they're not going to relocate. They've seen <laughs> Christian Fisher, Patrick Nemeth, not uh, Patrick Nemeth from South High School. That's a different Patrick. That was Nemeth anyway. Zach Cassian, Brett Ritchie, and Laurent Dauphin, uh depart. 
Uh, the Coyotes are still playing in a college arena. They still have no news about a new uh, arena deal, but they also have not made any news about relocating officially. So I guess they're just stuck in perpetual limbo. But what are your thoughts and questions about the Coyotes, Ian? Yeah, I mean, they should be better than last year, but that's a very low bar to clear. Um, but if you're a Coyotes fan, that's, you know, that's great to hear. Uh you know, with the addition of Dumba and Dersey, Kerfoot, Zucker, Stetcher, those are all like actual NHL players. Those are, they might be cast offs of the teams they used to be on. They might be on some contracts that are kind of eh, but you're the Coyotes. You still have plenty of cap space um, for all of these guys and they could be fairly productive. I think the biggest addition obviously is adding Logan Cooley, who everyone thought was just going to go back to college this year, did not want to play um you know for the coyotes yet and the you know weird sort of turn of events i guess from last season he's still going to be at college <laughs> for half the season just mm-hmm. not his college a different college um playing in that college arena but i mean that's a really big get for them um to actually have that guy on the team and he could make a pretty big impact i think we'll talk about some other high flying rookies within this division obviously but I think it's going to be a very interesting race for the Calder this year. I mean, you'd think Bedard's going to run away with it, but you know, there could be some, you could have a so-so freshman year and you could have some other guys really take off. And there's a lot of young talent in this league. So Logan Cooley is like someone to watch for sure. Um, You've got Carl Vamelka, who's I think is a pretty underrated goalie actually for them. He's one of those guys that they'll definitely trade off eventually when they're still not good because he'll go to like a playoff contender that needs like a good backup goalie or someone in like, you know, mm-hmm. a three-headed monster. Um, but you know, they're still the coyotes. They're still paying 23 million in dead cap with buyouts and LTIR and everything else. They're still not gonna be good. They're not making the playoffs, but there is at least like some hope, I think, if you're a fan of them, that like they'll be relatively competitive this year. And I would say in this division, that's a good thing because other than Colorado and Dallas, I can't say there's any other teams in this division where I'm like, oh, I don't know that you're going to be able to beat them consistently. Like, I think if Arizona could surprise some teams for sure in this league. Um, but yeah, it's it's really interesting, though, to hear about them get talked about like on the the moving front or moving somewhere else in the U S because I feel like fans talk about that a lot, but then you always hear media be like, well, that's not what they're going to do. That's not the plan. Like just hold on. They're always going to be in Arizona. They're going to find some way to keep them there. And I feel like that line has been towed less and less. Like you get a lot of media folks now being like, yeah, they've got to solve that issue with the coyotes and figure out what they're going to do moving forward this year. I'm pretty sure Elliot Friedman even said like they have to figure that out this year. And if they don't figure it out this season, they're probably on the move. Like they've, they can't, they can't be like, well, we're just going to keep playing the college arena, but no real plans moving forward. Um, so I really do think this is about as close as I can remember them to actually moving um, at least in the last 10, 12, 13 years. So I think that's probably happening. So if you're in Salt Lake City and you're listening to this, you know, you really need to start dialing in on what the Coyotes are doing because that's your new future team. Um, that's going to be your team soon. That's going to be your problems. 
That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's one of the one of the reasons I think this team needs to lo- relocate is so that the discussion around this team can be anything other than relocation. Like, if that makes oh, sense. Yeah. Like, I have no interest in talking about anything else with this team because I don't care about the play on the ice because they're not going to be good. And part of the reason they can't be good is because they don't attract enough fans to pay money to have people that don't suck play for their team. And it's like a constant cycle. And I just... <sighs> I mean, any other commissioner or league or any of that would have admitted failure probably five or eight or 10 years ago with this franchise. But oh, we, know yeah. how, we know how Gare Bear loves his desert <laughs> hockey. So, you know, and he's got the deus ex machina of Austin Matthews to always justify his obsession with it. So um, hopefully, I mean, I, again, I think we've said this in the past, like I have no ill will towards Arizona or Coyotes fans in general, but you also haven't had you haven't stimulated enough interest in amongst yourselves to like have the team stay there either so it's a a bit of a catch-22 you know i mean st louis st louisans are very sympathetic with teams being ripped from them but if i might be so bold i would say that that's kind of a different situation where there was some pretty good fan support especially when the team was any good and Mm -hmm. you know then it came and went um and then the team was forced out of our hands but in any case um i don't really have much to say about their play on the ice this year they were kind of harder to beat than people thought they were and mullet arena was a a better environment slightly than people expected also and that'll probably still be true but um beyond that i don't really care uh and logan cooley Probably won't be rookie of the year because the Chicago Blackhawks added Connor Bedard this offseason. And that's pretty much it. They did bring in Taylor Hall, Nick Felino, Corey Perry, and Ryan Donato. They saw Jonathan Taves depart as well as Patrick Kane at the trade deadline last year. Caleb Jones, Jujar Kara, Alex Stalock. Connor Bedard is the talk of the town and of all of hockey and will be for the foreseeable future. And that will be gross. Ian, what are your thoughts on the new era of the Chicago Blackhawks and how good could they be this season? Um, I think there's going to be pretty bad, but um, if you are any other fan in the league, I think you only care about Connor Bedard. It Mm -hmm. hurts me to think that I will actually be checking in on the Blackhawks a lot more than I ever used to, because as much as I hate that he's on that team, he's still like a phenomenal player or should be. And I'm just very curious to see how he pans out this season or, or how he does. Um, he's obviously like the shining star in this team though. They have young players that they can start to surround him with that they've drafted in the previous two or three drafts. Um, that I think will be be really good, but obviously Bedard has the notoriety around the league as the number one overall pick and should be a generational player. It sucks that he's in this division, but you know, in a sense, I just like to think if even if he's better than Taves or Kane, we had Taves and Kane for forever, and we have McKinnon and we have McCarr, so it's just like whatever, just you know, just pile it on. I don't give a fuck. I can do it. <laughs> like, I can pull the plug. Yeah, I mean, we beat we beat the drum pretty hard on the injustice and disgustness of him going there when he when they won the draft lottery. So I won't rehash any of that. I mean, I don't wish any ill will towards him. More stars in in big markets are good for hockey. So 
you know, I, I really, I really am not going to be super into all the boys fans this year who are going to be like, Oh, he went, you know, three games and only got one assist. Looks like the kid's a fucking bust, you know, like, oh, yeah. please don't be those people. Just please stop. Please. Let's not, you know, don't act like you've been somewhere before. We've won a cup more recently than the Blackhawks. Hopefully we'll win a cup again more, you know, sooner than the Blackhawks, although doesn't seem like it at this point. But as far as the rest of the team, I mean, this is a team that still has Peter Morazic playing goal and nobody on defense besides Seth Jones, who I have to say was not terrible last season metrically, but he wasn't probably a $9.5 million defender. And if he's your best defender, that's still probably not great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to be very good, but they will be the kind of typical rebuild around the around the young superstar let him get his feet wet hopefully get another high draft pick so you can you know have a core of two or three young superstars and go from there um as well so you know whatever uh it's the chicago blackhawks let's move on ian as oh, i, I was gonna say this... before what do you what do you think what's your what's your counter Bedard prediction how many how many points are we talking this year just when when McDavid entered, obviously he had the was it a shoulder injury or a femur injury, whatever that caused yeah, him yeah yeah significant time, but uh, better than Blackhawks will be right. I mean they'd had all the other first overall picks; they at least had some talent around him. Mm-hmm. Um, although ironically, Taylor Hall also now with the Chicago Blackhawks, so maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, Taylor Hall does seem to be the guy that gets passed around to be like the first overall pick whisperer <laughs> a little bit, but in any case, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think he'll be very good. I think he'll win the Calder, but I think it's probably like 65, 70 points and not like a hundred, like some people, mm-hmm. you know, are going to behave. And, and I think most of that is just the talent around him. I mean, he's clearly talented enough to do some incredible things, but you saw the shootout attempt the other day, which is another <laughs> thing Blues fans were making a lot of hay about. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, the, he's still a kid. You know, he's still going to have some flubs. Hopefully he stays healthy. I know there will be some Blues fans mad at me for hoping that he stays healthy, but sorry, can't be that guy who's like, yeah, let's let this 18-year-old suffer a devastating injury because he, you know, where plays for the Blackhawks. That's not me. If it's you, um, you know, maybe seek help. I don't know. I was gonna say that's up to you, but no, maybe, maybe get, maybe consult some some therapists on that one. <laughs> but um, I say that with love and no judgment because we're all bloodthirsty hockey fans. We just choose our bloodthirstiness to take different faces. You know, I let mine out in Mortal Kombat, for example. But that's in right. any case, um, yeah, I mean, I think probably seventy points. How about you? Yeah, I think. Um... I think yeah, for me, I would have I'd probably put that as like the over under that or like sixty five or something. So mm-hmm. they're still going to be bad, but he is going to play with Taylor Hall. I can't imagine that they're going to be like, ah, we must put these two up to really juice this, really juice this team up for the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'll go like seven. I'd say seventy is good. We'll say like seventy five. Um, if he got over that this year, I'd be like, wow, look the fuck out, because this guy don't even need help. <laughs> like He's doing this on his own. Imagine when you guys are good. 
Um, yeah, it'll be fun to watch him play, honestly. Like, again, as much as the Blackhawks are the bane of Blues fans' existence, like, it'll be interesting to watch him play. And it's, I got to say, those, those jerseys are dope. Those Chicago Blackhawks jerseys are very good. So, him and one of those makes sense, you know. It's just, it's a nice look. Um, I know someone just probably vomited, but it is what it is. Speaking yeah. of vomited, you're drinking a Coors Light. I was going to say, I am drinking this Coors Light, uh, which has mountains on it. So let's talk about the Carolina or the Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> God, I fucked it up. I, ruined <laughs> it. Uh, I was trying to look up at the blue, if the Blackhawks have other players that might make their NHL debut this season to kind of start that go around with Bedard as that young crap of people. They yeah. have um, Korchinski, who's supposed to be a stud young defenseman. Um who could play in the WHL again this season. So it's hard to know. Um, Carby, right. Lucas Reichel is apparently expected to be in the NHL as well. Um, and Frank Nazar is going to be in the NCAA. So, you know, they've got some other people. And then Soderblom is uh, a 6'3", 23-year-old free agent goalie. Uh, their best goalie prospect who they expect to play in the NHL this season as well. So we'll see. Moving on from uh, Chicago, though, let's talk about Colorado Avalanche, who uh, made some decisions this summer. Um, they got Ryan Johansson uh, for uh, nothing, basically, at half of his contract, which I think was a smart move. We can talk about it. Ross Colton, they brought in and signed him um, to a very long, very uh, low calorie hit. Calorie hit. What the? F- what was that? Salary cap. Ball. <laughs> kind of deal i believe they signed him right oh maybe not four by four not that bad um the miles wood was the one who got the long 2.5 million dollar deal which just oh, struck yeah. me as weird and then jonathan drewan came in on the eight hundred and twenty five thousand dollar deal they currently have um nine or how much estimated salary cap uh they're currently over the cap by 106 or at 106 million but they have uh at least landis cog who's expected to go on ltir um and i forget if they have someone else who is going to make that up um but in any case the avalanche still probably going to be good but um, I don't know how good they're going to be. They have uh, John for Tom for Comfer left. Lars Eller and Evan Rodriguez, who I think were both rentals, are gone. Alex Newhook, they traded to uh, the, the, the Montreal Canadiens. Matt Nieto, Eric Johnson, and Jonas Johansson thought uh, are also gone. My question with this team, Ian, is they're still going to be very good, obviously. But do you feel like... They're still a Stanley Cup favorite. Um, no, I don't necessarily think so. Like, I do think they lack um some of that depth scoring that they had in the playoffs when they won, this and they're just steamrolling people. <laughs> I can tell you, it's Miller time. It's course oh, like, right. um, yeah, they're not quite as scary. I mean, you've always got McKinnon and Rantanen and McCarr. Taves, which is kind of weird to say, but he's proven to be very good, especially alongside Makar. But like their goaltending still kind of iffy. Like I know uh Gordiev had a 917 or something like that last year, which is 
kind of crazy to think because I definitely thought he was still just going to be throwing up backup numbers because I really don't think he's a starter still, but we'll see. I mean, he played well last year. I don't know if that was a product of a product or more of a product of him playing well versus the defense playing well. Um, you know, losing Eric Johnson's kind of rough because he played a fair amount of minutes, but also he's older and I, I understand moving on. But yeah, I just don't think they have as much depth. I mean, you don't have a um, Cogliano who scored a lot for them. You don't have JT Comper anymore. Um, you know, you didn't can't have that you... be Ross Colton and Miles Wood. I mean, I guess I don't know. Ross Colton, to me, you take some of these lightning players off of Tampa's roster and they're just not the same because they're used to their best abilities, like on that roster, yeah, by that coach, by that organization. Like, I'm trying to think. Um, who is it? Who's the guy up in Seattle that's like their that Seattle got off of their uh, Yanni Gord? Yanni Gord's still good. I think Yanni Gord's still a very good player that came off of the Lightning. But like, who else was there? um Goudreau that's on the Rangers still I think he's fine Coleman who's with the Flames I just don't really hear about him much anymore and so it's like you just get some of these players off of these off of that team and it's just like are they gonna be as good as they were there I would almost say in a weird flip-flop kind of like JT Comfer like with the the Red Wings now it's like really I don't know that he's like a supposed to be a second line center um you know avalanche used to have cadre you know when they won the cup they don't have him anymore they kind of struggled to replace him last year Mm -hmm. and they were looking around for that all year so i don't know they'll be very good they're obviously Mm -hmm. gonna light teams up with like their main core and everything but when it comes playoff time i can't say that i would be very surprised if they got bounced in round one or round two again just because if you can really clamp down on their best players, you you might be able to beat them in in depth scoring. I'd almost say mm-hmm. that's probably what happened last year against against uh, Seattle. Like Seattle wasn't very top heavy. You know, you you can match up against McKinnon and McCarr and all those guys, and you're gonna get steamrolled. But then you get down to the third and fourth lines, and Seattle was just scoring on every line, and Colorado wasn't. So I don't know. They're they'll be very good. I'm just not just not quite as scared. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, they still have the best, uh, I would say, probably defensive group in the NHL with Byram and Taves and Gerard I forget and about Byram. Yeah, and Josh Manson is also very good. I don't know how they're going to be able to keep Devin Taves financially this summer, but I mean, boy, they should try because he's un- incredible. Um, they lost though, as you mentioned, they've lost Kadri and Landis Cog effectively oh, since fair, yeah. um the uh Stanley Cup, and they also lost Darcy Kemper, who you know you could say Georgiev more or less replaced Kemper. Um, and probably that's fair, but you know, still lost him. Uh, they did add Thomas Tatar, I believe, in the fun recently, very recently. Um, so he's on the roster now. Uh, who should help add some of that depth scoring. Like you said, still probably be good. Still 
probably the best or second best team in this conference with the one we're going to talk about next. Um, but uh, yeah, I think they might have lost an edge in terms of being that top fearsome uh, cup contender. We'll see. I guess we'll have to watch the season. I guess they'll just have to play the games. <laughs> um, speaking of playing games, the Dallas Stars played, I don't have anything, <laughs> tic-tac-toe with the, I, I don't have anything. Matt Duchesne's <laughs> a Dallas Star now. He was a free agent and then he was signed by the Dallas Stars. And now he's playing for them for very cheap, which is, of course, uh, one of the best signings of the uh, summer, as we've all agreed. Uh, they also brought in Craig Smith uh, and Sam Steele, uh, let Max Domi and Luke Quindinning and Colin Miller depart. This team's real good. They've got Robertson and uh, Hintz and Pavelski and um, obviously a lot of other stars as well. They've got Jake Ottinger uh, in goal, who I think is among the best goalies in the NHL, maybe the best uh, pound for pound, uh, certainly at the age. He's 24 still. Uh, they have Miro Haskin and uh, Essel and Ryan Sutter are still okay. Sutter may be a, getting to be a little bit of a liability, but they've also got Thomas Harley and some other good young players coming up. Wyatt Johnson was very good in his rookie season. Uh, Tyler Sagan, or Jamie Venn, actually. Sagan was not very good last year, but Jamie Venn had kind of a resurgent season. Um, this is a team that has a lot of lot of talent, and I would say probably they are, in my opinion, the best team in the division right now. What are your thoughts on Dallas? Yeah, I definitely would agree. I think they're supplanted the Colorado You make these so boring, Ian. You're supposed to fight. <laughs> You fucking idiot, Dallas Stars. <laughs> um, I mean, they're very, they're very, very good. They made it to, what, did they make it to the third round last year? To the conference finals and lost to Vegas? That sounds right, right? Uh-huh. Because they, so, yeah. they beat Seattle in the second round. Okay. Um, and that's, you know, that's the, I guess they made it to the Stanley Cup final in whatever that was 2020 but still it was like bubble hockey and who the fuck knows so like this is as good as they've done in a long time um and they just have every a really... time i i hear bubble hockey i think of one of those like bubble hockey oh games, yeah oh yeah you know which who, is basically what it was who was it i want to say it was the islanders it was like who's their um captain barzal no, uh, Anders, oh, Lee. Anders Lee. Yeah, who on like an interview, this has to do with bubble hockey, on an interview with like Elliot Friedman talked about how like their team loved the bubble because they uh -huh. were like, oh yeah, we were like, we just kept winning and we were like all with our best friends. We were just like chilling out in the hotel in Toronto. He's like, it was some of like the best times of like I've had with this team. And I'm like, man, <laughs> they were like laughing. It was like, yeah, that's interesting because every other team <laughs> said they fucking hated it. <laughs> uh, minus, I'm sure, like the lightning, but I just thought that was kind of funny. But the Dallas Stars, they have such a strong core. I mean, just their top line of like Robertson, Hintz, and Pavelski, which is crazy to say about a geriatric, but like he's still kicking and doing more than kicking. He's scoring, he's scoring goals, he's getting assists, he's somehow revitalized a career that was already very good. Would you um, say, Ian, that he is incredibly underrated? I would say still incredibly underrated. No yeah. one talked. I rarely hear Joe Pavelski's I've never even heard his name mentioned at yeah. any point in the history of 
professional hockey. So that's, that's right. one thing. He's got great hands and no one ever talks about his puck redirection that's skills. Right. He's got great hands and no knees, but you know, <laughs> um, worth the trade-off. Uh, Wyatt, Wyatt Johnston is still very young and getting better. I think last year was his rookie year. They can hopefully expect a lot from him this year. I agree with you on Ottinger. He's so good. Um, he kind of faltered a bit in the playoffs. He was hot and cold, I, I guess I'd say. Like, he didn't look bad consistently, but he was definitely, like, on and off um, for some of those games. And for a lot of them, he was on more times than he was off because they got to the conference finals. But uh, he definitely kind of fell off a little bit against Vegas. I would say their one drawback is probably their blue line. It's kind of meh. Like Heiskanen and uh, Bart Harley-Jarvis or whatever, whoever Harley, um, they're quite good. They're both very, very good. Harley, obviously, a bit younger than Heiskanen, but projects to be a good defenseman. But like beyond that, there's just not a lot there. There's not a lot of there there. Um, mm-hmm. Ryan Suter is bad now. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't necessarily good when they've got him, but... Man, some of, some of those plays in the playoffs, I'm just like, oh, this is like directly because he made some fucking stupid move. Um, so I would say that's probably like their biggest problem. But again, if you have Ottinger back there to kind of bail you out, I don't think it's a huge deal. Um, I don't even know if they have any other defensive prospects coming up. I feel like they do. I feel like they have some sort of other European that's supposed to be good. But um I would say, yeah, that's their only drawback. Other than that, they have depth scoring. Jamie Benn has somehow recaptured some of his scoring touch. Um, Sagan's not quite as good as he used to be, but again, if you have him in a more sheltered role and he's playing second, third line minutes, I would say that he's still a very good depth forward. Um, you still got Radic Box. Uh, you still got, oh no, they don't have Dennis Garyanov anymore. Who else they got over there these days? They got players such as yes. uh, Ty Delandria, I believe, is is a player mm-hmm. that plays for their team. And also, um, you might know people from such playing for the stars as Evgeny Dadnoff is there now, apparently. Um, Craig Smith, who we already mentioned, Sam Steele is going to be, you know, oh, yeah. stealing the show down there, uh, you might say. And Mason Marchman, I don't think we've mentioned, who some people are very high on. I don't see the appeal. I prefer Parchman over Marchman, but you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, they've got Jordy Ben on a PTO. That's cute. Well, you, you got your captain's brother on a PTO. These NHL teams are so serious. They're they so serious it. about hockey. I love it. There, this is a very serious league that also does the dumbest shit <laughs> for being like we're serious and we don't and we're all about team and team first and we're just a very you know respect us but also like blah, blah, we're gonna put my number in the fucking contract. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Front foot. I hate this uh-huh. league. <laughs> oh geez, are we done with the stars? Yeah, they'll be very good. Though I definitely think they're going to finish first. First in the league or the 
division, at least the Minnesota wild. I can't remember if you alluded to this on the podcast or off, but Pat Maroon, their only off since off season addition, they lost Gustav Nyquist, Sam Steele, Ryan Reese, Oscar Sundquist, Matt Dumba, and John Klingberg. Uh, the defense is still strong here. Spurgeon and Brodine are very good. Uh, they have Kaprizov and Matt Boldy. Um, Jonas uh, Gustafsson, is that their backup, formerly backup goalie's name? Put up um, just uh, Philip Gustafsson, excuse me, put up uh, just insane numbers last year for this team uh, as the kind of partial backup, partial not backup to Mark Andre Flory. He went 22, 9, and 7. He had a 210 goals against average and a 931 save percentage, and he had 31.3 goals saved above average. Um, and yet, because hockey is hockey, there was still a quote unquote goaltending controversy entering the playoffs uh, because mm-hmm. nobody can has the heart to tell uh, Mark Andre Flory that he's 39 years old. Um, they've got some young players who need to play a big role to be better for this team. Why don't you tell us about who they are, Ian? Yeah. So, I mean, they need a lot of scoring help really. Like ever since they lost Fiala, it's been kind of a no man's land. Like obviously you've got guys like, um, Kaprizov, Boldy, that can score, but they don't score enough between the two of them to make up for everyone else's lack of scoring. Um, Marco Rossi is a young guy who has to prove that he's an NHL or moving forward. Um, he hasn't really been able to crack the lineup. I think he was like, at least, and I'm sure he was in training camps previous years. And I think last year he was in the HL for the most part. So, mm-hmm, um, a bomb. I mean, they want more from him for sure. And then Kalen Addison, who did hopefully, have... Hopefully, I mean, he had a really bad fight with COVID, I believe. Yeah, so hopefully yeah. hopefully that is fully behind him now and he can really get into it, but we'll see. Yeah, it is kind of one of those things where it's like, obviously you root for him. And even if he doesn't make it in the NHL, it is one of those weird, like you kind of hope he doesn't make it on his own merits and not due to like COVID interfering with everything. Like it just sucks overall because he was a first round pick and a pretty high prospect at the time. And so mm-hmm. we'll see how he does this year. Um, Killen Addison has to be better in his sophomore season. Like he was a frequent scratch um, last season and he was, I believe he was allowing more goals against per 60 than the team average, uh, despite playing like a sheltered role, you know, probably playing like third pairing minutes, but he's a guy that needs to be moving up the lineup and not being stuck in the third pair. Um, they just don't have a lot of young guys right now in their immediate future. They do have some pretty decent prospects coming up, but it's like they're in the same category as like um, Dvorsky or whatever. Not necessarily like as good, I would say, but like in that they're that young, they're not going to be here for a couple of years. So they don't really have any immediate young help coming other than some of those players we just mentioned. So mm-hmm. it's going to be, I do think it's going to be a little bit of a struggle for them to score um, compared to maybe some other teams in this division. But again, and you're in a division with the Predators and the Jets and the Blackhawks and the, <laughs> and the Coyotes. So 
just because you might not be able to score as much doesn't mean you can't just like choke the offense out of these other teams and win like a lot of 2-1, 3-2 games. And I think that's where Minnesota is going to shine because they do have really good um, defensive structure. So we'll see how it goes. I don't think one addition of Pat Maroon does much to move the needle where it's like, will they make the playoffs? Yes. Will they bounce in the first round? Yes. Like it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't feel like anything really changed for them. So if I was a fan of theirs, I would be really just like frustrated, I think. But, you know, you never know. You just have to make the playoffs and anything can happen, they say. So maybe anything will happen. Would you say that is true, though? Would you, Do you believe that, Ian? Um, anything can happen if you're like on a fucking heater and you go to the playoffs. Like what they really mean is like any team that gets hot right before the playoffs start could win the cup, but not like you go into the playoffs and you're just kind of meh and you're like, and maybe you'll just wake up. It's like that never happens. No one, I don't remember a team that entered the playoffs cold and did well. I remember the blues in 2014 were like on an eight game losing streak or some bullshit, like going into the playoffs and like uh-huh. lots of injuries. And they won those first two games in Chicago. I was like, I guess it doesn't really matter. I guess we're back. And then we lost four in a row. So, yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> yeah. weren't good. Huh. That's right. Um, but we'll get there. You know who else isn't good is the Nashville Predators. Uh, they added our, our old pal, expatriate and trader, Ryan O'Reilly to their, uh, offensive core along with gustav nyquist what a get uh dennis Gurionov, luke shin also there uh they've got matt duchene and ryan johansson out of town which were arguably their biggest offense or off-season moves they lost cal foot as well obviously this team still has one of the best defensemen and one of the best goalies in the nhl in roman yossi and UC Saros, but the rest of their roster could be described as Frankensteinian, if you will. They've got O'Reilly and Nyquist and Colton Sissons are their three highest plays paid forward. Yikes. Um, obviously, they've got Philip Forsberg as well, but he has been on LTIR. So I hope he's, is he back for the start of the season? Let's see. Philip Forsberg. Okay, I haven't heard anything about him missing time or more time, but... Uh, Yeah, he's supposed to be here this season. So they've got Forsberg then um, as well. So Forsberg, O'Reilly, Nyquist, and Sissons are their top four paid forwards. They've got Cody Glass, Jacob Trennan, Philip Tomasino, Yuso Persinen, one guess what country he's from, Dennis Gurionov. (laughs) I mean, is that not the most Finnish name you've ever heard in your entire life? Uh, Unless it was Rutabutu Wootenen. Yeah, exactly. Thomas Novak, Luke Evangelista, Samuel Fejimo, Kiefer Sherwood, and Cole Smith. All of those players I named after Cody Glass, uh, with the exception of Luke Evangelista, are on one-year contracts, either as RFAs or UFAs. They have Roman Yossi, um, but then Ryan McDonough is their second-best defenseman. Uh Uh-oh. They have Tyson Berry and Luke Shin, who are like a fine third pairing that they're going to be calling their second pairing, I think. And then they have Dante Favreau, who's never really become the defender that they hoped he would one day. Uh, Alexander Carrier, who I don't know a ton about, is 26 years old, and Jeremy Lauzon, 
as well is there. Um, they have Kevin Lankin in behind UC Soros. It's a very weird roster. And what do you make of the Nashville Predators? Yeah, I think they're they're just going to be bad. They have... And that's okay. Yeah, and that's fine. You know, I, I like to say this a lot of times. This makes me feel better when I lose in Street Fighter. I like mm-hmm. to think to myself, you know what? Somebody has to lose every time that's someone right. has to lose. They can't, you both can't be winners. One, and it's, you know, win or lose, then somebody has to lose. Someone's got to lose. And sometimes, sometimes your team's the loser team. I think Nashville, the problem with them, right, is that they, I feel like they pulled the cord like 80% or like 75%. They're like, well, obviously this isn't working. We'll get rid of Duchesne. We'll get rid of Johansson. Um, We've traded away at home. You know, we're we're going for a rebuild. And I get when you go for a rebuild, you don't necessarily have to give away everything. And you need mm-hmm. some sort of transitional team and you need like leaders and all that good stuff. But like having Yossi and Saros and even Forsberg still there feels kind of like they're trying to be like, eh, we're rebuilding, but we also want to be kind of good. And it's like, I don't think you can do that. um you know what i mean like maybe you sort of can but i feel like if you're if i'm if i'm yossi who's got to be like 30 now you can't i don't know this is just this would be a hard sell for me i get he's got a big contract i get he probably likes it nashville only places he ever played i'm not saying he's demanding to leave or anything but like it's just gotta suck because you know you're gonna suck for the next like two or three years but your team also is in a position where they're not going to quite be so bad that you're going to just get these really high end picks either. Like they're definitely going to finish like fifth in this division and they're going to finish like, I don't know, 22nd or 23rd in the league. And it's like, that's, that's not good enough in the sense that it's not bad. enough. (laughs) And I, I guess with a new GM, um, you know, Barry Trotz, maybe they're going to, maybe he's there and he's now learning and he's going to get them set in a new direction. And that's where they're going to, this is just the first year of that, or this is, you know, trying to take stock of what they do have and what they don't have and trying to move forward. But yeah, it just felt like a weird thing. Like we're going to sign Ryan O'Reilly and we're going to, you know, we got Gustav Nyquist here now. And it's like, eh. I don't know. I was, it would just feel like a really, it's a very empty calorie season for me. If I'm like a fan of the predators, I'm like, well, this is a nothing burger, you know, tell me what the plan is and then I'll invest. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it seems like it's exactly what you said, where it's like, they're trying to rebuild, but they're trying to not be bad while they do it. And that's a good way to extend a rebuild <laughs> and have to be even worse, you know, which yeah. is really, I mean, this team, if they trade UC Soros especially, then there's not even a prayer that they're competitive. Hmm. Uh, which, again, like, you would think they'd want to not be, but then, like, why go sign Ryan O'Reilly? And, yeah, that's what I don't get. You know, it's just, like, like a lead, just, he's a leader, but, like, you already have, you, that's what you have already, And maybe right? he, Yossi's like, mentors leader. young players, but you don't even have young stars that you want to mentor. And, like, mm. I guess maybe they feel stuck because they brought in Yossi and Forsberg for a long time, and they don't, you know, they don't want to tell those guys, well, oops, we've, we're not good no more. But, like, they're not good no more. And those, <laughs> I always love this, too, where it's, like, you know, it's kind of that 
Kane and Taves thing of like, well, it's like, I just don't want to be on this team if they're not even trying. And it's like, bro, look around you. Mm-hmm. What do you think this team is? And by the way, you're 35, 36. I know that's not true for Forsberg and not Yossi yet, but like, you know, you're part of the problem. You could make the team more competitive. And that's not as true with these guys because they're fantastic. I mean, and Roman you know, Yossi and- is 33. Yeah, exactly. And he's got what five years left on his deal. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, a lot of teams would line up to get him if you wanted to trade him, and and probably the same for Philip Forsberg, although that would beg the question why you didn't just let him go a couple years ago. But I guess if you got something for him that way, anyway, it's just a whole thing, and this team's very weird to me. And I think I don't you're think right, though. Good. I think the comparison to Chicago is very like apt. Like they're obviously not. Yossi and and Saros and Forsberg are not the same as Kane and Taves or whatever, and with maybe how much clout they have with the the city and and the fans and everything. But like it is very true. It's like, well, that's your old kind of core there, and they're gonna be here, and you're gonna just try and be good but bad. Yeah, it's it's very similar. It's like you're you're gonna have to really pull the cord like they did two or three years after you should have if you don't like correct the soon. So yeah, they're to me like the, like as much as Arizona sucks and Chicago sucks, at least it kind of feels like they're doing something. Um, obviously Chicago is, but like Nashville feels like they're the team that's destined to fall even further than they currently have in this entire um, like division. Um, so we'll see. I think they're think they're going to be okay and then we're going to see them like just really drop hard in the next like two or three seasons yeah i think that's a hundred percent fair uh let's move on to the winnipeg jets who are also bad uh but opening openly acknowledging that a little more although the trade that they made for um uh, that that got rid of Pierre-Luc Dubois actually kind of rejuvenated their core a little bit, brought in Alex Iafalo and Gabriel Velarde um, and Rasmus Kupari. And then they still got Connor Hellebuck for a year, but that's the biggest decision that they had to make. This team will be probably a playoff team, I think. Maybe. I mean, they still have Shifla. They have Kyle Connor. They've got Ehlers, they've got Iafalo and Niederreiter and Velarde. I mean, Lowry, that's a pretty good core. Um, and then they've got younger guys like Cole Perfetti that they're hoping make a, an impact. Josh Morrissey's pretty good. Neil Pionk and Nate Schmidt aren't terrible. You've got some good depth on defense. I mean, I think if this team does hang on to Hellebuck this season, they're probably a playoff contender at least in a weaker division. But the question for them is all kind of long-term focused because pretty much everyone is on two years or less that really matters to this team. And they got to make some real decisions in the immortal words of Tony Chapman. They got to make a decision, leave tonight or live and die this way, you know? So that's, mm-hmm. that's on them. They got to figure you mean, that out. You mean but... Luke Combs? No, I do not. I know. Ne- sure don't mean Luke Combs? Combs. I absolutely don't mean Luke Combs. <laughs> God damn it, Ian. I mean, I'd mean Luke Evangelista before I met Luke Combs. So, um, Luke Evangelista does sound like a country star, too. That's like, right. You know, like he could have, like, they just plucked him off of uh, what's that street down there where all the music happens, Broadway, you know, mm-hmm. in, in Nashville. They're like, Yoink, you're not a music singer, you're a hockey player. Uh, but anyway, the Winnipeg Jets, Ian, what are your thoughts? 
You sure you don't mean jelly roll? And that's one of the jelly roll. Huge fan of jelly roll. I don't know. I know (laughs) nothing about jelly roll. Um, Jelly roll. (laughs) Oh, that's what he says when he goes on stage. (laughs) Sorry. How could you not? Shut up. (laughs) He said, I'm not. Sorry, I'm not sure who jelly roll is. Nobody (laughs) is. Um, Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that could definitely take advantage of the fact this division's fairly weak. Like, I think I take them over Chicago or Arizona or Nashville. Um, probably put them sort of in the same grouping as like the Blues and and Minnesota. So they they could definitely make the playoffs. I don't know how far they go. Ellibuck is still there, like you said, very good goalie. Um, can carry a team, and they do have scoring and, and and he has been for seven years yeah. and we've been we've been witness to it yeah um i think it's kind of cool that they have like i follow and kapari and velardi there velardi who apparently had like as good if not better metrics than like pierre luc dubois so like if you if you're a winnipeg jets fan that's great you just got a player that's possibly better and then two other ones um mm-hmm. i think getting wheeler and dubois off this team is good you still have shifley there who could be a bit of a locker room issue i guess because it seemed like there were problems but maybe with those other two out maybe it's a little bit better kyle connor's still a threat for 40 plus goals um and yeah i, I think their defense is is fairly decent so there's not there's not any big weaknesses to this team i feel like um like there's nothing i can sit there and say well this is like a huge issue for them I guess it would just be to see like how they gel with like three new forwards. Kapari's a forward, yeah. And like losing Dubois and Wheeler and just seeing like how that all shakes out, I guess. Um, But I would still think that they're, I think they're the definition of like, what's what's like a better what's a better term than mediocre? Because mediocre, (laughs) mediocre is always like supposed to be medium or okay. But it comes off as like bad. Average, maybe. Yeah. They're like a very average team. Like I feel bad saying that with the team that's got like Shifley and Connor and and Hellebuck, but it's like there's I yeah, I don't think they're gonna be destroying teams. I also don't think they're just gonna get rolled over either. So they're they're probably man, in Canada, let's see, Toronto's better than them, Edmonton's better than them. Calgary could be better than them. Mm-hmm. Ottawa could be better than them, but then they're obviously better than like Montreal and and Vancouver. So yeah, see, they're like middle of the pack in their own country, um, which I think is fitting. Like I do think that they're just going to be fighting for that third spot in this division, wild card spot. Um, you know, contending against teams like Calgary and and. I don't know who else is out there than the Kings and stuff for for that wild card position elsewhere. But yeah, they're I'll be honest, Winnipeg Jets are very much an afterthought team for me. Like especially this season, it was like, oh, they traded Dubois and that's cool, but that's sort of all they did. It was probably mm-hmm. enough. And I'm like Wheeler leaving too, but we'll see how it goes. Um, just get different jerseys for me, quite honestly. Just yep. kind of bored. So Spice they got that big Adam Lowry captaincy started. Oh, so. that's right. And that's so that huge. That's huge. That's right. 
And speaking of teams with a new captain, let's dive into the St. Louis Blues. We haven't talked about them yet, even though we skipped them alphabetically. I feel like, what is there to say about this team, Ian? I wish we talked about them more, would be my thinking. You know, this this is the kind of team you should devote a podcast to. Yeah, Just young, interesting, inspirational, daring, you might say, bold, forward-thinking, progressive, even. Who are Um, we describing? (laughs) The St. Louis Blues, obviously. Oh. Uh, oh, one yeah. of their, I heard last year that one of their players even likes video games. I mean, if you don't think that's something from the new age that that these these Not adults should be used like to, it. yeah, exactly. Um, Ian, comic book movies are cool now. Ian, what? Let's start. Let's start from the end. How many points do you think the Blues get this season? What did they end with last season? 87? 82, I think, or 74. I don't know. Let's see. NHL standings 2022-23. Finding out. Finding out. Set, a, 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 81. 81. 81. Will they do better than 81 points this season? Sometimes I do get caught up in the fact that our division is fairly weak, and then I forget that, like, this league doesn't actually, despite what they say, doesn't actually really put a premium on you playing your divisional rivals that much. Yeah. Like, I mean, we play some of these teams we just talked about three times, just as many as the Kings or the Kraken or whatever. And then we mm-hmm. play, and that's only one more than we play the Canadians. So it's sort of like, eh, it doesn't, it kind of shakes out to being fairly even across the league. Um, man. You get, I mean, <laughs> But state some super obvious. You gotta hope it's more than eighty-one. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> golly, um, I got him down for eighty-eight, Ian. That's my number. Eighty-eight. 88. What would would you say, plus or minus eighty-eight point five, Ian? Um, minus. Uh, so you think they're under? You think they're yeah? I think they're I under. I thought I, I think be they're better than pessimist. Well, so. <laughs> I'll, no, no, don't justify no, no, yourself. No, 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 no. I'll, no, no. I'll start positively because I do think. Don't do that. Nobody despite, wants to hear that. Despite us um, peddling ourselves as realists, I will under, I understand that it can come off pessimistic or what have you. Um, that's probably just because you're stupid. Just kidding. We love you, <laughs> listeners. Um, but there is a lot of like offense here. Like this team should score in bunches like if you've got Kyrou and thomas playing i think i will start here too Kyrou and thomas like have to be better than last year and they need to like just be the team this year like i'm not saying other players like bushnevich and shen and hayes and all these guys can't score or shouldn't be relied on to score but like i just need robert thomas and jordan Kyrou to be like above and beyond on this team oh, maybe yeah, bushnevich yeah. is like with them but like they need to like take this team by the fucking balls and just be like we we score on this team and we play big minutes on this team and we like can be relied on in in pretty much all situations i don't know that i need kairu killing penalties but you know that sort of thing and do i think they have the ability to do it i mean they're still fairly young 24 and 25 but they're not kids i think they do i just want to see it and i think if we do see it it's going to be like a super potent offense. Like it's like Kyron Thomas leading it. Paul Bushnevich probably the best 
forward on this team, quite possibly the best player on this team, period. Like, I didn't think we were going to get what we got when we traded for him. Like, I thought he was a very good player and he would be good on this team, but he's turned into, like, an absolute stud on this team, and I love him. Um, I really don't want him to leave in two years, but he might, but whatever. Um, Braden Shen, you also need to have, like, a bounce back year from, but I think he can do that, and I think he's a going to be a very good captain for this team in all honesty Kevin Hayes bad defensively not good defensively but you know what lots of forwards on this team are bad defensively so just fucking double down and add more Kevin Hayes offense had a career year last year I believe I think he could do even better here with like the offensive threats on this team then you just have wild cards in Kapanen and Vrana like if they're as we've talked about like a billion times if they don't pan out, you cut them loose. They're gone. Or you trade them at the deadline because someone needs a depth player or something. If they do pan out, freaking awesome. Jacob Brana could score 30 goals this year. He could. Like, if he if everything gels, he could. Capping them a little more, uh, what's the bad one? Bearish? Bullish? Bearish. I can never remember. Bearish. I'm a little more bearish on people. are like, he's like a second-line talent. I'm like, except he hasn't been um anywhere so, so probably not but again he looked pretty good last year and he was a waiver claim so really anything you can get out of him um more or less like a net positive and then i think we actually have a fair amount of depth in Torbchenko, blay neighbors alexandrov sunquist like that's a pretty decent like bottom six bottom three um so i think if this team if everything goes well this team's going to be outscoring its problems because its problems are obviously defense and goaltending. Um, I'll say defense over goaltending because I do still think Bennington could bounce back and be more consistent. Um, and with a better defense in front of them, I think that could help him out as well or a better performing defense. But obviously the problem here is like none of our forwards outside of really Bushnevich, um, maybe Shen, and obviously, like maybe our bottom six are all that great defensively. And then our defense is just poo poo magoo. Like, <laughs> like the shine has come off of Colton Franco. Justin Falk is okay. Tori Krug is what he is. Nick Letty is old as fuck. I mean, I guess he's as old as Tori Krug, but seems extra old. Marco Scandella is not good. Um, Tyler Tucker is young and plays third pairing minutes. You got Robert Bertuzzo, Scott Prunovich. Mm-hmm. who's 25 already what the fuck um yeah. you hope to see something out of him this year and by that i mean not be pulverized and injured all season but um and then in that too once you get past bennington it'll be cool to see hoffer play um you know like hopefully 20 plus games this season start that many i think there there is something there on this team there is is it is it cup contention? God no. Like is it is it winning a couple rounds? No. It's it might be getting in the playoffs. It might be winning a round. But if you're surprised the team, and that's and I think too sometimes like I feel like you could say that on Twitter and people are like, what what could like how can you say that? And it's like yo, kind of like I was saying, not, you can't win. You're not going to win the cup every year. You're not going to be one of the best teams in the league every year. And sometimes that's just okay. Like. I do think this is a team that's 
in transition or would like to be. I think Doug Armstrong would like this team to be in transition. I don't know how true that is, especially on the back end with some of these fucking contracts. But like, they're a team that they're a team that, quite honestly, I think needs to make the playoffs this year. I don't think this front office or really this fan base is going to be able to tolerate two seasons in a row of no playoff hockey. I would say if they miss the playoffs, I could be wrong because I'm so I'm feel so burnt by other teams in the league needing to make changes and then not making any changes, and then it's boring. So it makes me think the Blues would do the same thing. But I really think if they don't make the playoffs, like is this Craig Ruby's last season on his contract? Good question. Craig Berube contract. I think it's his penultimate season, if I oh, had yeah. to guess. Craig Berube signed a three-year deal that takes him through the 2024-25 season. Okay. I don't know. If they don't make the playoffs, those teams, Doug Armstrong sometimes, I love Doug Armstrong, but he's sometimes so fucking boring. Like, I could also see them missing the playoffs and being like, well, you know, we're going to keep, Craig and we're going to make some changes on the roster and I guess that would be fine in the sense that at least you're making change somewhere but I just think if this team doesn't do well this season i.e. make the playoffs then you are going to have to see some roster changes just and as as hard as or like as much as they can do because again on defense it's like what are you going to do with some of these fat contracts but like I just can't imagine them being okay over and over again with this team not playing well and even i'd say even if they made the playoffs and they lost in the first round unless it's like game seven and it's just been it's just been a tilt back and forth i think that's pretty bad too i'm not saying that they should expect to win a round but i'm just saying i don't think they're gonna the front office isn't gonna be happy with that they shouldn't again i don't think that's what they should expect to happen but I don't know. I mean, do you disagree? That was the optimist case. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I mean, well, because okay. So what I'll say I, is, I don't think they're gonna be. I don't think they're gonna be garbage bad like as some people do. I think there's, I think there's a huge gamut of what this team could be for sure. Now the top of it is just making the playoffs and winning around. Like I don't think it's not like cup or or bottom of the league. But I do think it's making the playoffs and being kind of like an underdog story and like being bottom five, honestly. Like if this team can't if this team can't score, like like, oh no. Like, oh no. Like like this that oh no, Stephen. Because I don't believe they're gonna be able to play defense. I don't believe it at mm-hmm. all. So it's like, and I think they have the capability to score. This is just my frenetic brain trying to like figure out what the fuck this team is going to do this season. Cause I really don't know. Like, I just don't know. Well, again, like that was, that was the optimistic case. Oh, no, no, Steve's going to dirt road. No, 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 no. I, mean, I am, but I, let, <laughs> I'm not, I'm kind of with you that it's hard to project a, a realistic outcome for this team. I do think the ceiling could be as high as, I really can't see winning around, but making the playoffs, sure. Um, I I do think the floor on this thing is lottery 
like like not just like in the lottery lottery but like top three or at least top five lottery pick and let me lay out that case since we've given the positive case i feel like your cadence your cadence is much more positive but it's like the worst your case and mine was supposed (laughs) to be the positive case and it came off really like just like this team sucks ass i just I know people will will torture us and say we're negative all the time. I prefer to think of it as realism. However, the case I'm about to lay out isn't necessarily my belief. I think it is one and maybe not the least likely of a range of possible outcomes. But let's talk about it. The Blues finished last season with 81 points hmm. or 82 points. I forget. I know we literally 81. just looked it up. To do that, they actually had to get really hot at the end of the season. I mean, not really hot, but what was it like seven, five, and eight, five, and two or something? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's 18 points from your last 16 games, 15 games. Um, not great, but good for as bad as we were. This team started last season with Ivan Barbashev, Vladimir Tarasenko, and Ryan O'Reilly on the roster. We have replaced those three players with Kevin Hayes, Kasperi Kapanen, and Jacob Brown. I don't think that's a net improvement. I know there will be some people who say Jacob Brown is the second coming of Yarmir Yager, and Kasperi Kapanen is at least as good as Ivan Barbashev, and Kevin Hayes and Ryan O'Reilly are roughly equivalent at this time of their career. I don't think any of that's true. Maybe the not the maybe Verona and Tarasenko at this point could be about the same. I think the other two are pretty clear steps down. Um, we haven't added anything else to the forward core. We've got like Jake Neighbors, who mm. we'll see. You know, um, Nikita Alexandrov. Nikita Alexandrov again. We'll see. Um, and uh, you know, the forward the forward group is our best unit. But there's a pretty stiff drop-off after Thomas Kairou and Buchnevich. There's a lot of depth there, but I don't know how much quality there is. I think too much of our potential season rests on how many goals Jack Vranas can score, which scares me considerably. The defense, there's no need to even belabor the point, but they're terrible. Um, we don't have any, we don't have any option if they you know, as bad as our defense is, if it gets injured, we don't have any any options to replace it. Mm-hmm. Um, we couldn't get rid of Krug. Krug wanted to say, listen, one thing I want to be very clear about, Tory Krug's a St. Louis Blue now, so you support Tory Krug if you're a fan. That's just what you do. You don't boo, boo him. You don't root against him. You don't hope he gets injured. You don't cheer any of that. I've said the, the number of people, honestly, that were kind of happy when he had his preseason, preseason injury made me kind of sick. That was absolutely gross and not, to, in my mm. opinion, what we do as Blues fans, but that's up to them. Um, Nick Weddy, obviously terrible. Justin Falk is, could you know, he's one of those guys that could be good. He was really good two seasons ago. He was pretty bad last season. He was pretty bad three seasons ago. So like, who knows where he's going to be? Colton Pareko, I think we do know where he's going to be. Um, you know, and then you already talked about Scandella, Bortuzzo, Tucker, Perunovic, you know, whatever. I mean, hopefully Perunovic has a breakout season, but again, how likely does that seem with all his injury issues? And now he's 25 mm-hmm. and he can't really do Krug's role because Krug is still here and so on and so forth. 
Jordan Bennington has been one of the worst goalies in the league for two plus years now. People don't want to admit that, but he has been. I know we're supposed to say it's all the defense. It's not all the defense. There are metrics designed to judge a goalie independent of defense. And they all say he's really bad too. I've seen some people say, yeah, well, those metrics don't account for how bad the defense is. Literally, that's their only purpose. So yes, that is, they actually do account for that. So, um, you know, he's still bad, really bad, not just bad, like really, 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 really bad. Um, too much of the season rests on him. If he can give us league average goaltending, then yeah, we're probably looking at 88 90 92 points and maybe we push up to 95 and get a playoff spot if he's jordan bennington bad or the last couple of seasons bad then i think we are looking at low 80s and maybe even worse than that and you know joel hofer is maybe i mean probably better option than thomas grice behind bennington but that's not saying much that's damning him with faint praise i think um but you know that's that you don't want him starting 30 or 35 or 40 games if Bennington can't hang. So, you know, this team, this team to me rests on three things. Can Jordan Bennington give you anything? That's the biggest question. It's the question nobody wants to talk about. Cause I think we all know what the answer is. Um, and if he's, you know, Peter Morazic level bad again, the team's going to be bad again. That's just how hockey works. The defense can't give him any support because they're not going to be any they're not going to be miraculously better. I know people say, well, they've got to be better than last season. There's literally, there's literally never in the history of sport been a situation where a team had to be better than they were last season. And people who think that way almost always get, you know, clocked over the head by reality. So (laughs) if you're expecting the defense to just magically be better, I'd be very cautious about that uh, hope. And then finally, as you said, the forward group, if this team can't score in bunches, and I mean three, four goals a game on average, then we're screwed. There's, we're real screwed. So um, this is a this is a defense first division where we don't have a lot of defense. Um, it's going to be a lot of, you know, luckily, like you said, we don't end up playing teams in our division that much more than anyone else. Um, but there's a lot of teams in this league with good goaltending and good defense that are going to try and shut us down and keep us on the perimeter. And I don't know if we have the physicality to get in deep. And I don't know if we have the, the playmakers to, you know, be on the first line to really like create skill goals. So there's definitely a case for this team being real, real bad. Kevin Hayes, I think, is an okay addition, but they there's also the fact that he's an awful defensive center, or mm-hmm. has been. I mean, some people are saying that Tortorella used him poorly. Maybe that's true. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because I don't know his game that well. And I hope that we can I can I hope that early in the season Kevin Hayes has played a couple great games and we can use that Shaq meme of, you know, I apologize, I didn't recognize your game or whatever. <laughs> um, but I I agree with you at the end of the day. Like I think they'll be probably middle of the pack, maybe fighting for a playoff spot. It does help that they don't have that strong a division, even if they're not playing them that much this year. Mm-hmm. They're still measured against those teams. So, you know, you you assume that you're going to be better than Chicago and, and, you know, maybe Nashville, but um, there, there's certainly a case that this is, you know, one of the few teams that has clearly gotten worse in the division and, or not gotten worse. I guess you can't really say that. Well, again, I think you can, if you go back to the start of last season, 
So all of that to say, that's not my argument. I'm more in the middle where Ian is, although I expect to get blasted on Twitter for my negativity. But, um, blasted. but they need a really strong start and they need some confidence. And there's certainly an, a, a possibility that the wheels fall off this again. And they, you know, really, 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 really aren't good. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that's wrong because, you know, again, I don't think it's it's likely, but they play a pretty tough opening stretch of the season with Dallas and Seattle and Coyotes will be whatever. And then the Penguins and the Jets and, you know, the Flames and the Canucks. There's some beatable teams in there, but nobody, you know, except maybe the Coyotes that you think is really an easy win. Um, they've got to make some, they've got to carve their identity out pretty quick. And, and you know, I don't, I don't know if they will, but that's why they play the games, Ian. That's right. That's why they play 82 games. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm uh, despite everything, I am excited to watch them again and have them back and like just see what we have in this team. It does. It both felt like a long off season and a very short off season, um, and that's kind of crazy. That's I what think you, that's what you get for taking mescaline so much. Ian. That's right. <laughs> It happens when you do hard drugs. It's time just right. comes all floppy. Um, you know, it's fall. It's fall weather up here. I guess it'll be fall weather in Florida. Um, but it does definitely feel like hockey season again. And there's, I do see a lot of blues flags out and everything in my neighborhood. Um, and it's 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 cool to see. I'm happy to to have them back and everything, and have another hockey season underway. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I think there's a lot to be excited about if you're just like a general hockey fan um, in this league, obviously like Bedard. And I think the the New Jersey Devils are really cool up and coming young team. I think it'll be cool to see if Seattle can replicate uh, the season they had last year, see how Vegas does in defending the Stanley Cup. And there's a lot of just cool storylines and a fairly big summer, supposedly of UFAs next year. And like, there's a lot going on outside of the blues um so i think it's still going to be like a fun nhl season and there's talk of expansion already like i forget they had a board of governors meeting where they were like i don't know what they said but basically um batman was like asked about it and he didn't say like oh you know hold on everybody he was pretty much like yeah we're you know if you get the money like just come and talk to us and it's like oh shit okay um you know, you might see the Coyotes move next summer and everything pending their plans for any sort of new arena down there. So, like, there's there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I'm looking forward to the season. I'm looking forward to hockey being back. Um, I can't wait for it. So we'll see. We'll know. We'll start to know by the time we're back. Uh, but, Ian, I suppose we should warn people you may be having a child very soon. Well, this you is, will be having a job yeah. soon, but it may be very soon. Who knows? How this is things? true. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that we've talked about that at all, but I've sired a spawn. Um, <laughs> Lord, I didn't like so, that. Is that what people like? Yeah. Um, but yeah, due date's like end of October. So whenever, whenever they decide to show up, um, I'll definitely not be on here for at least a little bit. I'll be back here before before Christmas. We'll put it that way. Look at that. But uh, that'll be your Christmas gift. 
whether we take a full hiatus or I do some some solo episodes or some guest episodes, folks, that's on you. You got to tell me, you know, right. if you want two guys, one content, or you want one guy, one content, you got to let us know. Otherwise, maybe we off the airways for a few weeks. Who knows? But in any case, Ian, best of luck on being a father. Um, thank you for bringing the uh, Antichrist into the world, as we all know that you are <laughs> doing. But, um, you know. That's uh, that's what it is, folks. Well, so. <laughs> that's how the cookie crumbles. <laughs> that's right. And he knows the gender, but he's not telling. That's so, right. Which is, that's so broken. And we the all Antichrist is gender neutral. That's right. Uh, well, you know, don't just, you let him or her decide what gender that, you know, don't. I'm going to ask the, I'm just going to tell the doctor. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> what we will take your, your judgment over. Judgment there. call. <laughs> And they'll be like, it's a girl. It's obviously a girl. I was like, well, that's pretty sexist. Ooh, but obviously. Transphobic. Ew, I don't like that. Um, anyway, so yeah, best of luck, Ian. Hopefully we have another episode before then to talk about the Blues first games. But if not, we will be back in a few months, I'm sure. Um, anything else you'd like to say to the people? Uh, keep it fresh, you know, keep it toasty. Keep it keep it warm. It's getting cold out there. Enjoy a new season. Enjoy the 2023-2024 NHL season. That's right, folks. It's it's that time. So let's do that hockey. Goodbye. See ya. You got a fast car. I want a ticket to anywhere Maybe we make a deal Maybe together we can get somewhere Any place is better Starting from zero, got nothing to lose Maybe we'll make something Me, myself, I got nothing to prove You got a fast car I got a plan to get us out of here Been working at the convenience store Managed to save just a little bit of money Won't have to drive too far Just cross the border and into the city You and I can both get jobs and Finally see what it means to be living See, my old man's got a problem yeah, but the bottle, that's the way it is He says his body's too old for working His body's too young to look like his My mama went off and left him She wanted more from life than he could give I said, somebody's got to take care of him So I quit school and that's what I did You got a fast car Is it fast enough so we can fly away? You gotta make a decision Leave tonight or live and die this way So I remember when we were driving Driving in your car Speed so fast I felt like I was drunk City lights day out before us And your arms felt nice wrapped around my shoulder And I, I had a feeling that I belonged I had a feeling I could be someone, be someone, be someone